One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> everybody, welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Ben Roy. Hello there. I'm Josh Brown. Hello. Now, all three of us have finished Gears of War 5, or Gears 5, as the kids like to call it, and we have a whole variety of opinions. Now, this is a full-on spoiler cast. Don't say you weren't warned. We're going to be delving into everything, including a big old choice that happens at the end of the game that lets you pick which character, I guess, to survive, assumedly for Gears 6, and the future of the series, um, among alongside all the other story things and details and whatever that we want to talk about, because we are divided on this game, although I think it's me versus the two of them. I think it's mostly see. you versus the two of us, Scott Telford. Scott Telford versus the world. Well, <laughs> for the first time. Let's do just talk about um, that big old choice. So, yes, which one did you guys pick? Did you pick JD or Adele? JD. JD. I let Just Die, Just Die. Ah. Brilliant. I'm, I'm glad you went with the nothing character. Why did you pick <laughs> Del? Uh, because Del is pretty integral to the whole story with, mm. with Kate. Like, Kate needed someone to go with. And I don't think, especially back then, JD just got blown up by the Hammer of Dawn. <laughs> so, you know, needed someone. And I feel like they've really done like a 180. Is it 180? 180. 180, yeah, with, with Dell. Like, he feels to me now like a character. Sorry about that. He feels to me now like a character. Like, before he was just, I'm going to smile and be there. And, ah! <laughs> now, now he's kind of like fallen into more of the, like a younger bed. Like, he's the mm. tech guy and he's more grounded and he actually has morals. Like, he, he isn't going to shoot the civilians. And he's got quite a, like a back, backstory that we just don't really know yet of like, they threw firebombs into civilians mm. and like they go through all that. And then that whole part isn't really flesh out for me, but I feel like yeah. that grounds him. And as we go more and more on, like he, sure we get the fun quips and everything, but I feel like he's integral to like what Kate I needs. I like all that setup stuff. And I feel like yeah. in the moment, I, I was pretty scared in the moment. It just happened. But, and I was very tired. I was like, ah, I just threw <laughs> the knife and saved him. Right. J- uh, Josh, I'm very, I'm very conflicted about this because obviously I chose to save JD because it was a really like shocking surprise like um, you know moral choice. I didn't expect to have to choose between I didn't someone. Have a choice, no. Yeah, you know, I, I knew someone was going to die. I didn't know it would be you know down to me. And in the moment, it was one of those kind of special gaming kind of moments where mm. I didn't know what to do because I right. was thinking, well, JD hasn't really been around, but he's kind of got more of a story to tell. I really liked Dell. I thought he was a he was you know a really charming character to follow. But for me he had not much of a story going yeah. for him. I thought JD, especially what happens with him early on, makes him a far more compelling sort of character and him like dealing with his father and his yep. heritage in him trying to be a hero and failing, essentially, and getting lots of people killed. Mm-hmm. I just felt like there was way more drama to kind of mine from that, especially with his relationship to not only Kate, which is kind of fractured. You've got Fa- Fa- Faus? Faus? I, 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 Faz? Faz? I, Faz? I, I went 15 hours playing this game not Faust. knowing what that guy's name Man's was. called Faz. 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 Yeah. Uh, you got the relationship with fans. You got the relationship with uh, Marcus. Obviously, mm. I just feel like there is more to mine from him going forward. Amen, brother. What I, you like, say? I just about to say the the JD Faz turn sort of thing. Sorry if it is actually Faz. Sorry, it's definitely Faz. Cool. The JD Faz turn. I'll um, give you Faz, but near enough. Faz. Uh, I. It was. It's like we missed a chapter where they yep. where something happened. Like where someone was meant to the turn because they came back going, we're here now. And you're like, wait a minute, when are you going to do the double turn? Yeah. When are you going to yeah. grass us up to the big so generals? We, we, um, we can get on to like, the rest of the crew and stuff in a bit, but I think that, that whole differentiation between Dell and JD, like for me, I one, I couldn't do it to Marcus. I couldn't let his son die. <laughs> that man's been through enough and he doesn't need to then lose his son. Yeah. Mainly because if you do that, then the only drama he has in Gear 6 is an elevated sense of wanting to fight the good fight, which he already wants to do anyway. So it's like, well, like, what does that even do? Like we lose Anya in between games. So like, He's still got Coltrane to look after. 
stuff. You can't ask Coltrane, who they sort of do like a weird fake out with, who lent for a second, do you think that he's actually dead? But whatever. Um, but yeah, in terms of JD, like they, like you talk about the different characters being set up, the way that they set they set Del up. Um, I didn't get any of the stuff that you mentioned in terms of the like his morals or like you know the like yeah he's he doesn't like shooting innocent people, but that I wouldn't say that's like a defining trait. Like it's that's like something that they all kind of twist their faces up at, and the only person who wants to do that stuff is Faz. Which like later on when he comes back in Act Three, they're just totally fine with him again, and he doesn't yeah. mention it again and whatever. Whereas like yeah with JD he kind of deals with that um, at least at the beginning anyway. And the way they set him up is that he's kind of trying to he's almost like a, a child's drawing of Marcus. Like he kind of becomes this like fake version of Marcus. But again they don't really do anything with it. Um, the reason I saved JD is because I thought he actually had a future. Mm -hmm. Like I, I view Dell as a support character. Like you know like like one oh one. Um, like for me and this, this is I'm not meaning to be insulting to the people who wrote him, but for me he reminds me of Mass Effect Andromeda's writing or Destiny's writing or any of the the new style way of writing a an accessible protagonist that's just completely inoffensive, toothless, and just can be in any game. Yeah, see, I would I would partly agree with that. I don't think the writing is that bad, but I do think he's kind of a bit a little bit bland. Even though I thought he was charming and I mm. I enjoyed my journey with him and Kit, I just feel like there wasn't much depth to. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's just not much depth to him, especially in comparison to JD, who especially in Chapter One they flesh out so much. Mm. We will get to Chapter Three in a bit, I no doubt, because they make a lot of choices in that chapter that I don't <laughs> agree with and I think work against the story but mm -hmm. for me when I was in that moment choosing between the two it was strange because I was thinking emotionally about who I liked but mm -hmm. also I was thinking about the mechanics of the plot I was yep. thinking which is going to have more dramatic consequences going forward how is this going to impact mm -hmm. Marcus because there's a part of me that would like to see him kind of like lose his son but then also I like that JD I loses well, it's good for the drama, isn't it? You know, sad Marcus is something... I don't revel in it, but I like to be emotional <laughs> I, by it. I wanted sad Marcus also. I feel like this, that's going to give him some sort of grounded weight towards the end. Like, now he's lost everything. What is he going to do this for? For mm. the planet of Sarah and like to finally finish this fight. <laughs> he's already tied into it because of Anya, though. Which we still haven't really... She was actually mentioned, thank God, a little bit mm -hmm. more in this game, but mm -hmm. we still don't really know. Yeah. And I feel like... I just feel like... It was JD's time, and sure, you can say that Dell was more of those supporting characters, but that's that's what Be Baird used to be. And now Baird is, mm -hmm. especially in this game, Baird is such a step up, even from what it was. I loved him in the old games, but now he just. I can't imagine that game without him being there and I think him the comms. They definitely toned down how snarky he is. Like, he still gets that bit of his personality. He's grown but he's up, not, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, matured a little bit and he sort of reined himself in a bit. There's something that I have a problem with, though, in terms of the overall, like, script writing. Like, if a script has to point out what you're supposed to think about a character, then for me, it's not good script writing. So, like, there's a bit twice where Kate says in Act 2 um, to Dell, I'm so glad you're here. I couldn't do this without you. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're strong because I'm not. And it's like, if you're, li you're listing what, like, we would say as an analysis, if it was better written, mm. then I can't like that and I think that that's like for me that's a massive mistake and they do it with Faz as well where um, after the bit when he comes back when they write him completely differently um, and then and he literally says to someone else he's like oh you're falling in love with me aren't you oh I'm not that bad and I'm like you don't need to tell us yeah. like if you're falling back on that it's it's indicative of a, not a very confident script and it's characters it's it's plainly stating what you're supposed to take away from it we probably shouldn't dwell on this forever but I do think that is just a, fa will. a Faz thing where <laughs> Faz is like that especially mm -hmm. some of the quips in multiplayer just like he is just full of himself and oh yeah 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 I mean, that, there's a way to like do that where it would be it would be endearing and you would fall in love with him, but they set up that thing where the he's totally fine killing innocent people and they never go back to it. That turn should have happened in the beginning of the next game. It should mm. have happened now. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's confusing, especially if like the whole deeper meaning of the stuff that they sort of start tapping into is like the the difference between doing your job and being a cog and like being desensitized to it and look at what Marcus and stuff have, have become, like the nth degree of that spectrum, um, and how that's different to the real you. And you can still have emotions, which is what the core of Gears always was: the Mad Will trailer and all that kind of stuff. It was always the action and the emotions are always two completely separate things. Um, and they used to always be able to tick both of those boxes. But, like, they kind of start going in directions again with the start with JD, um, who, like, yeah, tries to sacrifice himself to bring the Hammer of Dawn in. And then it obviously backfires, and then he completely changes his aesthetic and everything and his approach to the world. But then they don't do anything with it, and it's all surface mm. level. And then they go, oh, hey, but you're going to make a decision. And, that like, that decision sucks, but, like, in, in terms of, like, the ramifications. But it doesn't have anything to do with the whole beginning thing. You're not choosing to, like... You know, it's not like a, it's not a similar situation. They're not like yeah. a massive amount riding on it, other than like I said, Dell or JD. I kind of wish it wasn't a decision mm. because if we're gonna have Gear Six and if we have a Gear Seven or something like that, are they gonna either 
retcon it and say this is the choice that you meant to have or they just have to kill the other one yeah, yeah. because always the writing from that one is going to be too weird and splintered I think they'll look at the player data and um, whatever the majority of people did will be the canon I think I'll be happy if that, if mm-hmm. that happened I'll be amazed if Del carries through as the main choice just on just objectively I'll be amazed if that's what they wanted to plan that's what I was worried about it's weird how this one choice got me thinking about the machinations of how video games are made but mm-hmm. I was sort of wondering going forward whether my choice would even mean anything in Gears 6 because right. I feel like Gears 5 even though it starts well it's building to some resolution that doesn't come in Gears 5 it's mm-hmm. always like sort of the Walking Dead syndrome of it's promising a resolution that's <laughs> going to come further on down the line in the season finale they end on another cliffhanger they end on another cliffhanger uh, yeah. and also I think like my choice was skewed as well because I played through this with a friend from start mm. to finish the friend that I played one, two, three, four with so it was like I've got to save you I can't right. the AI guy I thought yeah. he might have been okay not just I come back net break. But then if you notice, <laughs> I think do both their does Dale's body fall into the floor as well? As well as I cannot remember actually. Because, because sure. when um JD dies, the floor breaks up and his body mm. intact mm-hmm. slides mm-hmm. down. So I kinda of think that one of them is gonna come back I as think some sort of monster. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's probably them leaving something open. If we can transfer a consciousness via the hive, I think that they're gonna make reanimate that body in some way. Well they've already boss. done it in five, they bring uh, Kate's mum back. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, Renya, Raya, Raina. They transferred her, so I think that's we're going to get some of that. Mm. That would be cool. That's it. You mentioned um, Act Three. What was the stuff you wanted to say about that? Ah, uh, I have a lot to say about Act Three, Scott. Because I, when I was playing Gears Five, even though I was excited about it, Gears is one of my favorite franchises ever. Like, we Same. don't talk about it much for some reason until this week. Mm. But I absolutely love the original games. I love the story. I thought Gears Four was okay, but I yep. wasn't exactly hyped for this game. I was excited to give it I a try. I think your thoughts mirror the vast majority of the players. yeah. But then when I actually got it on that you know launch night on the Friday or whatever, and I started playing. It. And I was just so surprised at how many risks the story was taking. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my god, JD's an actual character. They're doing this stuff about you know shooting innocent people. He's bringing down the hammer of dawn. He's getting people killed. There are real consequences to what's going on. And that carries through into chapter two as well. Even though it goes open world, you are still finding out about Kate's backstory. You're finding about out about the Locust and mm-hmm. Niles and all of this great world building. And then for me, that all just comes to a halt in number act three. Yep. When you're just putting the um, rocket together, which is funny enough, but the narrative itself considering this is the final stage before mm. the final chapter, which is only a couple of missions long anyway. And I just feel like all the momentum that they had sort of dissipates, especially when it comes to the characters of JD and Faz. They mm. reappear out of nowhere, mm-hmm. completely different to how you last saw them, yeah. especially Faz, who's now quippy and jokey. And I like that. I think he's very fun. And JD is obviously very fun. Mm-hmm. But it feels like Ben Roy said at the beginning where there's a chapter missing, potentially. It's weird because they, they reintroduce JD and Faz and they do this whole thing where it's like, uh, and they literally, they're self-aware about it. Like um, JD, so I think Del, Del says something to JD about like, oh, we couldn't trust you before or we're not sure about you or whatever. And same to Faz. And JD jokes and says, oh, just get it all out your system. Them, you know, it's yeah. okay, like it's fine. And it's like they never go into what happened in between those things. With Act Three, though, like my whole thing, that was when I turned the game off. Mm. Like I just like that whole stuff in, in Act Two, because we'd heard about like, oh, it's gonna have these sort of like semi-open world elements, it's gonna have all these side missions, and it's gonna be way more sporadic and whatever. And I didn't mind that that much in two, but I still was like, every time you do a side mission, every time you do a combat encounter, it just reminded me how awesome Gears Combat is, and I just wanted to do more of it. So for me, it, it started to become like a little minor sort of worry, like, oh, you gotta go back to the skiff and ride to the next thing. And those worlds are so empty there are not like a whole bunch of NPCs or things to do or things to see really like it's just a big play space I know you'll get, <laughs> you'll get <laughs> but like that was the thing that started to weigh on me and I was like I'm not really enjoying piloting the skiff it's fine there's no like there's no boost to it like there's no the level isn't really so set up good. in a way to do ramps or stunts or whatever there's a natural boost wind it's so boring, man. Like, oh, if you get if you get in the right sort of like angle, it'll go slightly faster. It's not remotely fast in the first place. Um, but yeah, my whole thing with that was I, it started to like build up how um, annoying like that open world design was because it was just distracting from what Gears is. And I felt those two like personalities, that sort of identities for the potential of what Gears could be, clashing with each other. So when I finally got through Act Two and you get all of those brilliant story moments, like this is what Kate's history was, all this stuff with Queen Mirror, like all this stuff that we've been asking like since the beginning of Gears of War, why is there a human Locust Queen and everything else um, once that was re- was resolved and it just ended and then act three was like nope go do all that stuff again go get back into another open world I literally was like nah yeah. I'm done like I don't need it you've already you've resolved the biggest thing and you're putting me in complete like rote crap that I don't need to do or want to do I kind of know what you mean because <laughs> 
Act three for me does bring the entire pacing to a halt. But in Act two, for instance, where that when that went open world, even though you had the main drive of you know the story of like the Locust Queen and what Nels was doing, mm-hmm. there was enough in the world for me to find to still enjoy myself. We talked about when we did our video on like why it's dividing the mm-hmm. fans or whatever. The some of the biggest kind of um, combat encounters that I remember like fondly right. are the ones that I just found out in the world where I'm shooting you know the um, the frozen lake underneath the swarm's feet and. Mm-hmm falling in and like the kind of little stories that I discovered along the way the people who kind of froze to death for instance or I just stopped behind behind like a car one one time and I jumped in and found like a document and I mm. thought that's really exciting for me this was the first time the wider Gears mythology kind of clicked for me because even though it's right. always been there I was never fully into you know I never believed that it was a world that people lived in if that made sense mm. whereas what I love about this and even for to an extent uh, is that I feel like there's a wider society or culture that I'm actually fighting for mm. I've gone back to play Gears of War 1 Ultimate Edition recently. I've honestly gone back through the trilogy yeah. since then yeah. and it's awesome but I get the same feeling there where even though obviously you know it's years after the Locust War started I didn't really feel like this is a kind of real world worth fighting for I didn't really mm. get that there's other things happening outside my own little bubble whereas in Gears 5 I genuinely do I know exactly what you mean but you should totally defend Act 3 for me like, well, to kind of start with Act 2 like I thought Act 2 the open world stuff was probably almost like perfect Act 3 is where it did kind of fall down a bit like when you have to go all the way down and then come all the way back <laughs> I was like you could have probably like engineered a helicopter picking us up and taking us right back up the hill mm-hmm. because maybe going up and down one, one or two times is a bit much but again like Josh says like I feel like it's kind of okay for them to go off and be a bit more empty because mm. they're in a desert and then two of them, then it's not the main fight. She's going to, uh, Kate and Dale are going to find like what's going on mm-hmm. and they're being assigned these little missions by Paddock and Baird and finding these certain moments. Like there's a, one, uh, one little part where there's a boat in the sand yep. mm. and um, can I just say the, peop- the drop shot guys. <laughs> the most infuriating thing in this game. I hate them so yeah. much. One hit kills can just get out of every single video game. Yeah. We, we never learn from them. All you do is just restart and go, well, I hit, guess I should zig when I start. Hitting your head on the wall, hitting your head on the wall. But mm. that whole thing where I did one guy and I snuck around, and I had a long shot for most of this game because I just like to play the long shot and the lancer. Mm-hmm. And knife to guy, uh, long shot a few people, and just like, it was weird to have that nice little stealth tactic in a game that's mm-hmm. so smooth as like a Gears game. Yeah. Not just like ropey and a bit broken. Mm-hmm. Sure, like um, each, some of the combat situations are a bit like, oh, okay, now there's more um, juvies coming. Okay, right. cool. More DBs. But for me, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it is empty, yes. But then again, it's the weird argument of like, do you think a desert should have like something around every corner sort of to thing? Be fair, no, but I don't think they should have a desert in Gears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was good. That, that's thought, literally it. Would you, let me post this to you, would you prefer if it was, say like, not an open world, but say like more wide linear where you yep. go in one direction, you don't go back and there's a, there's a level of focus that the old games had. And if you go back to the original trilogy, which I've done, like they are, they go, like they have a certain pace and they just absolutely go. Like you're going from combat encounter to a very quick cutscene or a dialogue thing or whatever. And you're right back into combat again, which is why we fell in love with that series in the first place. Like it showcases a certain set of mechanics better than any other third person shooter ever has. Um, in this though, um, it's great. The stuff that you like, you guys have said, like the combat encounters. I love that. I love the new mechanics. I like the little sprinkling of stealth that you can get where you can thin a few enemies out or whatever just remove the massive patches of nothing and stitch those areas together have a way more focused like it just you're not losing anything by losing the skiff there you know, was a moment sorry in act two where you go to his radar station there's a note on the door mm. and there's someone's written like I had to leave yep. and you don't actually get to find that location properly even on the big map system we just came across that as we go and like, yes. oh this is the place I found a guy yeah, yeah and then she's in, the person's in the bed and you go back and like little moments like that really clits me but I was going to see the total opposite because like, you find the guy and he's mutated and you kill him and then no, she goes I, found, oh, I guess that was that guy no we found a dead person in bed uh, oh someone, I found like someone... a mutated guy and then Kate's like oh I guess that was him but I'm not sure oh maybe he was there was someone in that building but you go off and find another building with okay. like a key or something or the codes to get in there mm-hmm. and like those little moments I kind of liked mm. and I was really intrigued by Act 3 but maybe Act 4 should have been a bit more tighter and a bit mm-hmm. more not I felt like there was a bit more going up and down, back to that station. I think you go there three times yeah, almost. Yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying. The enough. thing that you said about, um, that you were on about before, about the difference between, um, you feel like you're in a world now that you weren't in before. That's true, because they, they double down so much on terminology and like backstory and like all these different things, all these documents that you can find. And that's fine. I think that's like, that's like, rel- like sort of represents where we are at in gaming right now. Like people want to know like shared universes. They want to know that they're part of like a mythology and a law. I would just argue that <laughs> it's not conducive to what Gears of War is. And it's like, not you can plug those things in, but like I 
said, the certain pace that the old games had, it was like, you're a soldier, you're a cog, you're on planet Sarah, there's evil locust dudes, go kill them. It's more yeah. representative of where gaming was in the 2000s. And it's like, if you're going to mature that series, then look to the likes of Uncharted 4 or God of War, and you do it in a focused way that, like, I still think it's a massive mistake not extrapolating on Marcus's mentality, not taking him forward, let him be the one who finds out about the cog secrets. Ah, like, see, you know? we've, yeah, we've talked about this before, and I'm interested to see what Ben Roy thinks, because I feel like I like having Marcus and Bed and Cole as secondary characters now, because right. the world has moved on so much. We're over two decades removed from Gears of War 3, mm-hmm. and I feel like even though this is still obviously the aftermath of the Locust War and we're starting something new, I feel even it's like obviously indebted to that. I feel like, you know, this is not their world anymore, really. They're mm-hmm. sort of like the older guard of heroes who they've sort of they've sacrificed essentially everything so this new sort of generation oh, I can love live that. and I love I I think it's there's something more valuable seeing it through their eyes because this like, is their world now mm-hmm. in their sort of relics of something that's you know still kind yeah. of lingering lingering around but mm-hmm. essentially they're trying to separate fully from there's some, I'll, I'll quickly mention because the thing is like there was there was totally a moment in this game where I cried and mm-hmm. it's it's not I wasn't expecting it at all and it's only you only get it if you save JD but there's a bit where it's when you go back because the thing is I feel really attached to Marcus as a character only because I spent so much time around him obviously nostalgically and everything else but the scenes where they bring him in like he really is this old dinosaur just trying to help out that's all you can do is a certain set of skills or whatever and it's not like he's going to be going out there doing much else other than fighting but the the cutting that you get if you save JD when you finally tell him like oh we couldn't um, we couldn't save Dell or whatever and JD's like broken one you never see really burly over the top characters like that openly sobbing and genuinely being so broken like a complete like deconstruction of a macho stereotype you yeah. never see that especially in video games um, which I really like to see that wasn't the thing that got me though um, it's after that when um, Marcus tries to console his son which you've never you've never really see it in Gears 4 it's like they're kind of father and son but it's more quick and whatever um, and Marcus tries to like tap him on the shoulder to like you don't know what he's going to do he's going to try and like hug him you don't really know what it is um, and eventually like he turns him back around and the facial animation they do on JD he's so mm. done he's just so broken and you can you could totally write a whole thesis about how every moment that JD's done has led to that moment he looks ridiculous it's not really the real him and he's just a, an imitation of Marcus um, and in that moment they just look at each other and they don't say anything and he keeps and JD keeps crying and they just hug yeah that absolutely got me I, I loved 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 that scene yeah and it's, it's like that's the heart that's yeah. the heart that they always had in Gears and it should have been there throughout because you've got these characters and you've so much to play with someone as big and stupid and kebab legged as Marcus Phoenix like being able to hug his son is still a crowning moment in the franchise but it's just they just should have had a more, way more confident script that picked apart the cog stuff beforehand and everything else you could have had a whole game of this stuff and it would have been the, it would have been God of War I, I agree I think that would have been really good I would have liked more Marcus especially you know but both with in regards to JD and mm-hmm. Kate, because I really like his relationship with Kate. But yeah, for me, that moment is like the pinnacle of the totally. game. I loved. That's why I don't regret like saving him. That and I think Marcus it's, insulting Fars. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I feel yeah. like with um, JD and sort of Marcus in that moment, you sort of see, especially kind of what Marcus has gone through, because obviously he lost his best friend to a war. Now, twenty five yeah. years later, JD's done the same thing. If you've made the you know these choices, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of like history repeating itself we've got it physically with a brand new threat but now we've got it with like history repeating itself even within the action imagine of, that conversation though yeah. if they actually wrote if they had, if they went with it if they had the confidence to write that story they'll probably do it in Gear 6 but sit JD down with Marcus and they talk about what what is even the point of devoting a life I, to this I stuff I don't mm. know if they will though because it's more about them having the weird broken relationship like as we go mm-hmm. back to the characters I don't feel like this is their story anymore because you've just got Coltrane and he wants to come back and just jump in and well say, he, he was always like a cartoon yeah woo yeah and um, <laughs> I did though I did get on the edge of my seat when I thought that he was going to get crushed inside that mech yeah. I, right, right. I legit thought he was gone I was like you can't do the Coltrane <laughs> like that I just thought that yeah I kind of thought there's no way they're doing that and they purposefully shoot the the framing is yeah. like the top half so I was like he's definitely in the top yeah. half but um yeah I just I feel like they're maybe with a bit more Marcus but I feel like especially Baird's placement in this story perfect yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I do get that bit of a hole in that free when it's bad on the, to- uh, on the, the microphone control. instead of um, Marcus. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Marcus could have been there with you guys, but I guess that they all had to go off and pull out their own pods. Mm-hmm. But that moment when you had that, it's with that Avengers moment when everyone's there before they go out and have this fight. And like, we're going to take it to them this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. No, the whole city gets destroyed. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it's it like, was, sorry. It was, sorry. It's just, yeah. I, I, Gears ingrained in me as well from the very start. It's the first game I got on 360, like, and played online as well. Mm -hmm. And when Dom died, like, I had that moment where I had a little bit of a, oh, Mm -hmm. my God, I can't believe it's Dom gone. And the Mad World came on. Yeah. And I also, from what I saw of Marcus losing his son, like, just the way he just coldly just went, just reacted and 
barely doing anything. Like looks at the cogs and he just says like we're not done. We and going to do something else. And he's like, um, "Where's JD?" And it's like, just here. <laughs> no, like I can't really do the markers. But <laughs> and then as you carry on fighting, and then you get towards the end, just there, and then just looking off into the distance, like this has taken another soul, and it's taken mm-hmm. it, I guess, more in a, a bigger way. That's kind of why. I, I went for the choice. Mm. I think that's but, like they would obviously for the future of the series would like to pass the baton on to the new characters. And I mean, it's weird because a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in entertainment now about like passing the baton to a new generation of characters. Like the, like two examples for me is like Star Wars and Creed. Like you have the old guard there, you have your Han Solo, you Luke Skywalker, you have like Rocky, and they're all training new people. And you get to address past things. Like God of War did for me. God of War is like the best example in video games. Uncharted did it as well in terms of like recognizing what his pros and cons are. Like it's kind of like an evolution from a video game character to a full person. Um, and like Kratos did it so well like addressing to Atreus like yeah. you just need to be better than me like I'm broken I'm too far gone and like using like his um, trying to treat his like Spartan rage as like an actual like um, like sort of mental condition and like the, he has this actual anger problem that he's dealing with and like, there's ways to do that stuff and um, Marcus didn't have that much to him he was this big archetypal space marine you know like walking gun but like there's ways to dissect that if they're going to go down the cog route yeah um, I think because they yeah. want to we have to have that in film because people just age out and people just mm. look too old. But with games, yeah, I guess that they could have... I mean, I wanted more Marcus in 4. Like, I don't really feel like you just need to shove everyone off to the side. It has been 25 years and people are getting a bit old now where I guess... 25 years? It's been 25 years since Gears 3 to 4. Oh, okay. I so think like, since the game came out. <laughs> it's been 25 like, I'm not that old. long years. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess you don't really need the parts and the torch. And the more people say about... Uh, Kratos and the more I think of Marcus mm. uh, just a Marcus a soul just Marcus game of him mm. now just walking off into the woods or something like yeah, that would be amazing yes it would like if you're going to keep calling it Gears of War or Gears 5 it has to it has to have something to do with what you serve like if you're going to do something else then those developers need to do something else and they can just say from the makers of Gears of War unlike Halo like Gears of War has more characters sorry to say but like there's not really that many characters that I've ever cared about in Halo and like hearing Gears of War, I feel like there's like a nice cast mm. that's still alive. Like you've got a lot of people. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I will just say that I only care about the old crew. Like, I... I I care about Kate, but it's more about what she means. And it's like the way that they wrote her, like sometimes she feels more fleshed out, but the most of the time she's responding to a quip. And like the most kind of personality I feel that she gets is her responding to some really flat joke from everyone else. I did feel her like dread of being under the thumb of the swarm and like trying to resist it the whole time. And I did feel that like her struggle and she doesn't really want that. And I really believed Mm. it. See, this is what we're saying. Like we're talking about how good it would be if Marcus was in it more or JD was in it more, but it's like effectively Gears 5 is very, 
very much not their story anyway. It's right. Kate's story. Yeah. You might not be on board with that, but for me, mm-hmm. that had enough, enough compelling components to see it through, especially in the first two acts where she's finding out about her her, her, her heritage. heritage. And like Ben Roy said, I really felt the dread of when she's succumbing to the swarm or mm-hmm. what might happen then. She's getting these headaches and these hallucinations. And I thought that was really interesting, yeah. uh, a really interesting direction to go down, especially for a Gears game. And we've had, you know, Macho Marcus just no, totally. shoveling through for the past and three to four games. Yeah. Marcus kind of knows a few more things than he's letting on because when you're yeah, going through yeah. like the lab from Gears 1 which was a I, I couldn't believe he's going back there and it's not a big <laughs> location but you're like wait a minute I recognise those so, oh my god where are we Yeah, <laughs> and then you wait for them to come out and they, they never come but like Marcus is kind of like easing her into letting her find yeah. out herself I, I, like, I've got I totally clarify like I, I'm totally it was totally on board with Kate going into the game and I don't think that it's I think she's totally worthwhile like yeah you should pass the baton my issue is with how well they did that mm. and, uh, and how sort of flat act 3 feels how much they kind of blow all their load at the end of act 2 and they don't have anywhere else to go um, I was like yeah fascinated by the idea of like I mean I was fascinated by a new generation trying to pick up from where the other one left off um, I just don't think they do enough with it and like yeah. for me if we're going to talk about the overall uh, new cast I think they fall back on really established Established, for me, boring writing tropes of just really lame one-liners and really flat character writing that you see across the board it in does, AAA video games. It does feel like course correction a bit as well, this, because yeah. I feel like 4 was going to go somewhere totally different. And yep. it feels mm-hmm. like, they're, oh, turn a bit, and then by 6, we'll have gotten there properly. Like, yeah. there's inklings of the Marcus stuff that we really need from this game. And I think if you're going to make a clean break, and the thing is, they, they bring Marcus and, and Baird and Cole in more in this, especially in Act 1 and Act 4, um, where they're on the comms or they're with you in your squad and they're helping you out. And like, John DiMaggio's voice is a constant thing in your ear kind of thing which is like enough to be like hey old school fans like we got you but we're still going to move forward it's not really like a natural transition yeah Um, and then they kind of boil it down to that decision but they haven't really done that much to really make it work kind of thing what i think is fascinating what's what's going to be exciting when i get further through the original gears trilogy is that even though i loved those games the story itself Mm. was never totally totally compelling to me i liked i liked it enough i thought it was interesting enough i obviously really liked the characters but that was mostly just through being around them for so long. I don't yes. think they were particularly really well-written. I thought they were had enough behind them, mm. like Marcus, Dom, Coltrane was obviously a big bad bandle lad, as was kind of bad. <laughs> I think they get better towards Gears 3, but it's Gears 1 especially, I feel like they're kind of almost bland stereotypes in a way. I will say if you go back in to those f- games, they are a lot longer than I remember them as well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my counter to that is that that's completely intentional. I wouldn't say they're bland stereotypes because I wouldn't say that they'd line up with any stereotype unless maybe Cole. Cole, uh, I would say Cole Baird and kind of, even Marcus just, is sort of like the gritty war legend who, you know, has to like... He would be if they didn't open it with that Mad World advert. Like, I always thought that they had enough mm. emotion under, underpinning it. But for the vast majority, I think the target demographic or the way that they're writing them is they're cartoon characters. Yeah. And they're meant to be over the top and memorable because of it. And that's the, that obviously, like, it's a staple of where they were, where the gaming industry was in the 2000s. Yeah. But, like, the new guys, the new people have, have nothing, like, compared. Like, you know, they're, they're obviously trying to, like, mature them and ground them down. Like, well, what would real people say in these situations or whatever? Um, not everyone's saying woo, Coltrane, baby, or whatever. But I don't think they give you any alternative. Like, there's a way to ground a character, Nathan Drake, Kratos. I feel it's like Kate, I feel like Kate is one of the best characters they've had. I feel like she's better than some of like Dom. Like if I look back here, like sure the the bit where Dom loses his wife and then dies mm. is very emotional. But I feel like I care as more about Kate rather than Dom was more of a player two character for a lot of those games. <laughs> mm. I'd say the thing with Kate, which um, kept popping up to me, is like she, like she undergoes those weird like head trips where she realizes that her mum's like still alive, and um, she doesn't respond to them. Like she, she, it happens internally. You can say that okay, she's internalized in this. She doesn't want to become like a liability to Dell or whoever she's with at the time. Fine, but there's times when you're in in Act Two and you're in the lab and she's picking up documents about her and it's describing her and saying like your your mum was a um, uh, experiment and all these different things. No reaction, no inner monologue. There's nothing. They don't like they don't go there with her. Um, and so I don't buy that she's this like more multifaceted character I do mm. in terms of the role that she plays but I don't think that they wrote her in a way that's really dealing with it like, like I keep comparing because I just think Sony's doing it better mm. like Nathan Drake is a full on dissection of what it used to be to be a, a video game adventurer discarding whoops, discarding once and, and you know your wife and everything else and Kratos is a full dissection of what it used to be would to you be a violent crazy would you person. say it's a problem that these were inherently multiplayer games and that's why you can't go as far as that because Gears of War is not He's always multiplayer in the campaign, and yes. it's got a massive multiplayer online stuff. Like I've played that loads, mm-hmm. I've, but the games we're just sort of describing them too are like, but we want them to go there. Mm-hmm. They're single player; they're mm-hmm. meant yeah. for one person, meant for like one, like concise point. Like I True. don't, I think that may hinder it a bit. They don't really have scenario. I mean, they have less. They have no scenarios in Gears Five where you're picking paths. Like they, they used to have them in the old ones where they split you off, but they put you together. If you right. 
um, if you're playing together, they do make you go with each other. Right. Like, you know, when you go into that dark underground base at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Claim. Yeah. I mean, I I would disagree with that. I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah, the the Sony examples that I'm citing are like dedicated first person, um, like your single player games. Um, the Gears thing, I just don't think it's in the script writing. I don't think they wrote an, a good enough script. I it's it's not as good as I. It could be better. I mm. will totally concede this, but I feel like it just does so much well even though we can pick it apart when you talk about how kit doesn't quite get there i feel like there's enough potential in there to hopefully succeed in gear six and for me the biggest kind of indicator of that is how they've treated marcus like i was saying mm. before even though i loved marcus from the older games i didn't really know who he was as a character much i right. knew he was big gruff john dimaggio and i knew that i kind of wanted to protect <laughs> him at all costs That's all i want but he only became a proper fully 3d character to me in Gears 4 and Gears 5, and right. now we can get those moments where he hugs JD, and I'm thinking, actually, I'm really emotional because mm-hmm. I'm really invested in this man. Yeah, you see a, you know, a close-up of his face, and he's looking all old, and he's looking all, you know, war-torn, mm-hmm. and he's kind of, you know, I can just tell that he's emotionally just completely fizzled out. Yep. And I don't think I would have got that in the first three games here. I just have to see one image, oh, no, and I, I'm I, so emotionally just wrecked, and yes. I feel like that must be something that you know, the coalition has done over the past couple of games that is really good. Mm, I also I, think mm. that from when Dom got off, I think that's when we started actually seeing like Marcus come out as a person that like Risen. Oh wait, we can just have more losses than a car mine or two or several hundred cogs right. over there in the corner sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. and from here on we've seen him like get back into the fight like, oh I've got to come back and <laughs> oh, don't touch his tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they've done a great enough job with him, and I feel like we're going to get a lot more Marcus in the next one. It's just weird how this is Kate's story mm. in the end of it, and that it's. I think they're all they're trying to bring all the story uh, lines back together at the mm-hmm. end. The thing, the thing is, it's Kate's story because that's who you have to focus on in Act Two and Three, and she obviously plays her in Four. But it's also JD's story. Like they're trying to do this new generation stuff. They had spent a whole game in Gears Four playing as JD. What's it like to be the son of Marcus Phoenix? Similar to how what's it like to be riding, hanging out with Solid Snake in Metal Gear Two. And they obviously dissect that way more on the nose in Metal Gear Two. But it's like if you're going to go down that road, then the script needs to support that. And like there's ways to do it. The things that you're talking about about caring way more in Four and Five is more just where we're at in this generation and and, and as entertainment, as gaming right now. They just didn't do those things in the 2000s because it wasn't in it wasn't the right way to do it back then yeah but i'm just saying like that is still he didn't have to do it like mm. that they could have just done the same thing over and over again and satisfied gears fans but the fact that he did it at all is still kind of you know he's, worth pointing out because not every franchise yeah. is it no true but that's the thing if you're gonna go there you need to do it well and you kind of can't tell like two like sporadic stories with a little bit of marcus in the background i don't the think old it's fans. jd's story at all like i think jd was a way to get people into four but mm. we get the hints early on of the emblem and the whole thing and we get the very end this thing of like oh wait no, this is going to be Kate's thing. And I'm sure we do play as JD for the first level because that takes place like days after Gears 4 or something like that, that first level. Uh, I think it's so. very soon after. Yeah. And it's still how he looks. And, and, and then we off. quickly go over there. And that, I think the, how, ha, the whole Hammer of Dawn stuff is a way to write him out for a bit mm. to just get him out of the way. And, but, yes. Is that not negate Gears 4, though? No, like I feel, there's I feel a like a confidence on the I feel like team, it's yeah. um, it's probably the Force Awakens thing. Like we need to ease you in to get you here. I, I feel like, I feel like there has been some response. Like the way there's a lot less JD in this because like, I, not a lot of the families liked him as much in right. four. But that's the thing. If you if you pick Dell and then JD dies, then ultimately, what was the point of Gears Four and where did that even go? Like, okay, maybe in Gears Six they'll pick I mean, it up. You again. could say what was the point of Dom's wife dying? But it's because different. Dom, you didn't spend a whole game playing as Dom. I did. <laughs> you played two-player cop. You had to play as Dom. I think it's but a different thing. There's also the generation split between I would three and four. S- I would say as well that they probably do the best of the world. Like, the Hammer of Dawn feels like a proper like weapon of mass destruction now. Like, mm. It never has really mm. in those other games. Did that not make it? Was it not weird to you guys that we were like trying to reactivate something that we just had in the old games? I thought yeah. that was a strange thing. Because they, because it was it, now it comes across as really interesting. Like, they mm. destroy all these innocent people. Uh, <laughs> poor um, Lizzie Carmine, rest in peace. Yeah. And <laughs> JD gets almost offed. And then towards the end, when you're just literally blowing everything up, and how Paddock describes it in free, like, really puts a lot of weight behind this thing. Like, should we bring this weapon back on? Because right. sure, it's going to make it easy, but then we're going to turn on ourselves or they're going to be more casualties. Mm-hmm. I think using yeah. the hammer in that way has made it feel such a powerful, like, 
weapon that you should actually fear. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Like that scene where JD uses it and then it gets out of control and you just sort of see Baird step back and be yeah. like, oh, I can't believe I've done this, uh, is, is horrible. And especially towards the end when you're actually using it yourself. And there's a great moment, I can't remember where it happens, but you're fending off a bunch of the swarm and then you just get a breather and you look sort of in the distance and you can see all these different That's like great. hammers coming down. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, everything's a wreck and you just sort of like... Man, is everything lost? Is everything just completely <laughs> it's like, gone? It's like when you get, if you had an infestation in a house, that like, oh, I'm just going to take a flamethrower to this house. I'm done, sort <laughs> of. The magnifying glass to the tiny ant kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that they set it up in the in the first act, like, yeah, you do feel the ramifications of it. It ties directly in. That's the thing. It ties directly into JD. It directly is the reason that he becomes so wounded. And then he, his way of building himself back up is to make a shell of his former self yeah. and a, a weird reflection of Marcus. But they don't do anything with it. <sighs> For me, it's just, I feel like it's a lot of. It's a main issue with Act 3, just that mm. cause a lot of the plot threads just don't go anywhere. But I don't see why, you know, you, can ha you don't ha you need to have one specific character to follow. Like, you ha can have JD's story doing all of that, but you can have it in the background while you're focusing on Kate. You can have Marcus sort of going through his motions. I mm. do agree that it could be better written and better fleshed out, but I don't think, you know, you need to make JD the focus or make Marcus the main character no, no, to no. get that juicy drama out of it. I just think it needs to be tighter. Before coming yes. into uh, 5, playing uh, 1, 2, 3, and 4, I had this inkling that the COG have always been the bad guys in this series, oh, and yeah. I think they are. I think, like, because now we know mm. that it's that kind of well, secret division is their fault for the locusts. Mm. It's kind of their fault that they were driving them out from underground because they were mining so much emulsion and it was causing this problem. They created Queen Mirror. Yeah, they pretty much, they've created this whole thing and now it's, we've got this nice selection of like, uh, we could call them heroes or soldiers that yeah. are trying to fight back what has gone wrong and what the cog have kind of done wrong to the mm -hmm. planet and how they... Yeah. It's very Last Jedi, like in a nice way. Like it's totally what they was trying to do in Last Jedi. I'm surprised that they didn't go for like, they're now just have to run away because to me, the cogs <laughs> literally just feels like an evil-ish empire sort of thing. And they've mm. like... The reason why they won the war against the UIR is because they turned these <clears throat> super weapons on. I think there'll be a weird disparity because... Like it's, I can totally say the statement. What's wrong with just playing as a bunch of good people fighting some evil dudes? And that's totally what the old Gears games were. And I'll take that. I'll take a Saturday morning action cartoon with guns that have chainsaws on, and I'll go and cut some aliens in half. That's more than enough for me. So like, like that's that's the thing. Like that's that's if they're gonna go elsewhere, you need to do it well. And I don't think they did it well enough. Also, I wasn't like I, I think that you can do a little bit of K, a little bit of JD. You can flesh that world out. Um, but it's you, we both pretty much agreed to just what we said before. Um, talking to Josh, by the way, for the audio people. <laughs> um, but like um, the things that you said, it's like you know those elements do come back in and they're done well. I totally think they're done well too. I love the JD Marcus hug. Um, but when you take a step back and look at it overall, like lots of stuff doesn't add up. It, like the Marcus hug works more because we know Marcus Phoenix from the old games. Like things like that where they're sort of trading on stuff. It's established, but then the new elements aren't that great. Like, you know, it's just uh, JD's yeah. like a weird field experiment. And then, like, you can't just kill him off. So it's like the writers are like, well, if you don't like him either, then we'll go with that. You know what? I don't want to continue to derail this podcast, but I do disagree <laughs> with what you said earlier on where kind of JD's, you know, sort of been he's become useless or like they've sort of changed him and admitted defeat that he wasn't good because I feel like Gears 5 especially the first act is all about salvaging JD like yeah. they finally make him interesting well, that, that is them someone. admitting it though it's, it's yeah but what's wrong with that you know what I mean no no I love that okay. that's the best oh, okay. act 1 and 4 are genuinely really solid think, and good right. every, every act calls upon a different part of Gears because the act 2 is more like 1 where you go back mm. into this whole lab sort of thing 3 is calling back to judgment in a weird way that I never thought we'd hear again <laughs> yeah. but they recount all the light mass missile stuff and trying to kill those generals back in there mm -hmm. four is a tying of the knot and then one is a transferring from four to five it's mm -hmm. really like i think they're different focuses each time and it does feel a bit broken up sometimes mm -hmm. but i feel like it's in the end gears is now i don't think it ever should have really focused on one person as much right because gears one and two weren't really about the one it was about the team mm -hmm. and then in three we got a bit more about the whole world and then we got siloed right down to the just these crew mm. I think just five feels like them trying a bunch of different things for a potential of what Gears Five, uh, Gears Six could be. We'll try a bit of open world stuff. We'll try this stuff with Kate. We'll try some more stuff with JD. They let you make a choice. So they can read some player data later, and they leave it on a cliffhanger. Mm. So, like for me, there's a, there's a marked lack of confidence in where they're going with the Gears franchise. That if I look back at the originals, even though they were just big dudes with guns shooting stuff, they knew what the hell they were and they did it perfectly. This thing feels like a bunch of different experiments, and I like a lot of the stuff that they do, but I don't think it has that same confidence. I don't think it has that same overall sense. Of polish and, and yeah. finesse that the old games have. See, for me, Gears 4 was them trying to do that kind of, you know, well, we know what people like. We're going to take it like a team. We're going to add 
fight them against the world. Right. We're not really going to experiment and stuff. And that was fine. But for me, I, I can barely remember Gears 4. It's whereas I feel like Gears 5, we're going to be talking about it at least for a lot longer. We're going to mm. be talking about, like, you know, w- what they did with sort of the character arcs, what they did with the open world stuff. Mm. I feel like just by virtue of trying to be more interesting, it it, it makes me more excited for the future. Would you say that the open world elements are a success overall? Yes. I cool. say it's better than Gears 4. I feel like Gears yeah, 4. Yeah. And also some story points failed in Gears 4. Like the finding out that the swarm is coming and no one ever really <laughs> stands still and goes, hmm. wait a minute. What? <laughs> they're, they're coming back. <laughs> just like, oh, they're coming back. Move away. Oh, Mark's a lot like General Ram, but let's just carry <laughs> on. Marcus has just been gobbled up. See you later, mate. Yeah. Just sort of thing. But I feel... Maybe a bit more constricted next time and not two different massive worlds. One mm-hmm. would be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do the open world stuff, it, it, it should have the... There should be a reason to go out and find all that extra yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, it's there and you can find it. Same as like kind of like Control, you can go out and find more stuff. It's more conducive to what's going on in Control. But Gears is like, well, we have an open world, so we should have a couple of collectibles. Did you not like the stuff in Gears 2, like coming across what, uh, the areas of Gears... Sorry, in Gears 5, the mm. coming across the areas of Gears 2, like, you know, the... Um, the trucks that shoot you underground they're called like diggers or something yeah with them um, and they're, yeah, rec- they're recalling them it's like oh cool this is like some of these from where they were driving through sort of thing like yeah but it's like that's like an easter egg like it's like yeah that's fine but like the overall thing i've been doing for the last three hours is aimlessly ring- driving around on a skiff that's fine to try and find the next bit of gameplay like that was the stuff that just I, kept getting i wouldn't annoyed. call it aimlessly but yeah i know what you mean and it's like i'm obviously getting like more ba- i bounced off it so hard sure. in act three um i just thought that it got in the way of what and what i love from gears like that's what it kept getting in the way of um we might as well end on what do you guys want from gear six where do you think they'll go from here um i want them to focus um, I, whoever they pick to go forward with even if you know they stick with your own individual decisions mm-hmm. i want that decision at the end of gears five to actually mean something right and i want them to focus on the fallout of that i don't know how much work that's going to be probably loads but as long as they make that decision consequential in the grand scheme of things uh that's fine by me i'd like them to stick with some open world elements i agree with you that they need to be more populated with either lore or things Mm. to do but i would just like to be honest i'd like a bigger game i know this sounds rich coming from me who wants everything to be sort of three (laughs) hours long but i feel like gears 5 could have been like honestly a almost perfect experience if you had another chapter sort of linking mm. things together focusing on how JD and Faz you know went from these completely disillusioned people to back on board mm-hmm. and I just feel like Gears 5 Gears 6 can sort of take those two elements and properly merge them because the linear stuff is the best it's ever been in my opinion if, like, they, if they wrote uh, the interstitial chapter 2.5 for the whole thing Kate finds out all her stuff with Queen Mirror and then she's like oh my god this is a massive I need to pass this stuff out you go back to JD and the only person that's here for, for there for him when all that stuff goes down in Act 1 is Faz the guy mm. that's the most militaristic dude that they've set up so far and he somehow finds companionship in him they flesh all that out and then they come back together yeah. and then they're like what even is our life anymore and then you get the relaxed approach to Act 3 all right. of that would have made more sense I think sorry about yeah. right I, th- I think if there was a, a linear chapter like 1 or 4 in between um, 2 and 3 I think it would have been I could easily say it's my favourite Gears seg- game yeah you genuinely. could have segued yeah. more. I'm never going to get anywhere near to it being the best Gears game it's the original trilogy we, def- we definitely needed like a break between the two open worlds and mm. I think if you had that between when Della and Kate are going off to Sandworld mm-hmm. and you had the first, as you just said, and uh, JD yeah. reconciling, oh, wait a minute, are we, are we dicks? Yeah. So, I mean, basically a whole chapter of are we dicks? No, now we should be good, not just turning up out of nowhere. That is a lot more of a solid game. I wonder if they'd ever ditched that because if they if they pull that question apart and JD says, like, they get to some sort of question where they asked Faz, why is he okay firing on, on innocent civilians? The only answer to that, I assume, would be something relating to, well, I had orders from the COG and it's desensitized me over time, which whatever. Yeah. That is only ever going to devalue the Gears of War IP because they, at some point, need to trade on how fun it is to be big macho people shooting stuff. The whole, yeah, the whole thing from Faz and JD kind of like, oh, well, we shot some innocent people to now we're saving the world at the very end. Mm. It is kind of a hard like left turn it's just a weird jarring thing um, what would you want from Gear 6 uh, Dizzy <laughs> uh, Dizzy to return dizzy. like big rig or whatever you want just give me that cowboy hat and that big bushy beard Ben Roy's love for Dizzy I know Rivals. Dizzy is a legend in the cog army also I just it's weird I want things to be tied up but then I do want more gears after this like right. I don't know if we can do another they've returned enemy sort of thing like maybe there's gonna be 
do you think there could be some weird harmony peace thing? But the swarm no. seems so more aggressive than the locusts ever were. The whole I, the whole tone of gears for me, especially from the beginning when they had the mad world thing, is you're a bunch of people going up against an, an alien force that is unstoppable. The whole yeah. tone of that series is that you're be- everything's bearing down on you and you're doing the bare minimum to survive. You've resorted to strapping chainsaws to guns so you can keep them at bay. If something gets close enough to you, that's your final thing you can do. And so that's the tone that I want them to double down on. I don't want the quips and I don't want the lighthearted stuff. I want them to completely double down on that stuff. Just I don't even know if Gary Jules is still alive, but resurrect him, get him to do another song and do that for Gear 6. Um, I don't think they'll ever have a resolution because then this franchise is over. You just do a bigger and bigger escalation. Like, 3 felt like an ending. We need yeah. that sort of like pseudo ending we can leave it now for a few years, but mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get away from the quips because they were kind of around. Like, they were just they more, were just done better. They're more, more segmented to other characters. Mm-hmm. But There's the one, sorry, the one bit that broke me is the bit in Act 3 when um, someone says something about it's not rocket science. Oh, it's oh, it's you'd think a rock pin and putting a rocket together would be easy. It oh, it's not a rocket sign. Like, oh, really? That, <laughs> but that's your level you were on. That was wasn't that more Dale and Faz bickering with each other? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, but I think actually have kind of like more of a bigger war sort of scene mm. because Act One, when the swarms start flying in, felt like a war. Like, this is the first Gears of War game. <laughs> That some scenes, yeah. actually, some big battles have actually felt like wars. Right. That bit in the street, those bits in the street, when you've got friendly AI with you, like just the robots and stuff like, mm-hmm. oh crap, I'm actually got these now there shooting with me. And at the very end when it's literally a last stand, the mm-hmm. whole floor's falling in and you're looking up and there's just guys mm-hmm. everywhere. I want more, I think it's going to have to end in some sort of big battle, not just four blokes up on a tower <laughs> shooting at a queen for 20 minutes. Yeah, I think they do need, if they do something new, they need to do it better. Use the technology, like you said, like make it look more like a war. Stuff like that, like that's actually, when I went back to the start of Gears 2, I forgot how much stuff happens at the very beginning on the streets with like people piling in cars and whatever. But like that, as soon as I, when I went back into horde mode on five and when I was playing as Marcus in amongst the city streets doing multiplayer and he's going nice as he's resurre- as he's reloading a gun, like all that stuff, yeah, it's kind of cartoony and whatever, but it felt like Gears uh, in a way that hardly any of the campaign um, so for me, it's it's whatever those like sort of characterful, identifiable signature elements are that like come through in Act One and Four and get out the way in Two and Three. That's what I want from Six. I want them to kind of realize what the hell they're making. Um, it doesn't have to be this big accessible thing for everybody. It doesn't need to be this you know smoothed over Mass Effect Andromeda type thing. It can be a Gears game, and there's nothing wrong with that. They already have it on Game Pass anyway. Mm. Like people are going to play it regardless. It's part of their subscription. Oh. Needed to get that with my sister. Calm down, man. It's, is is uh, it all right? It's a. Uh, is it all right? It's an all right game. People it? say we don't debate that much, but they. I love it. A, yeah, I know. It was the debate. Couple <laughs> <laughs> of people in the comments when we started the podcast and stuff were just like, "You guys always agree on everything." Not anymore. Not anymore. Right? No. We've changed. So, we've we, changed. We've been messaging this for each other for days now. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. But yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below of Gears Five of the story. Where do you think it's going to go, and what do you want from Gears Six? For now, though, this has been. I was going to say this has been a What Culture Gaming podcast. It hasn't because this might just be a regular thing that we put up as a roundtable. This has been What Culture Gaming. I've been Scott and I've been joined by Ben Roy Turner. Goodbye. Bring back Dizzy. And Josh Brown. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Video games. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.